It's nearly four o'clock and light is, is fading. The sun's below the horizon now and there's just some golden stripes lighting up the clouds. And I'm near enough to the peasy, to the small loch and where the geese stay to watch them swirl. They're coming in about chunks of 50 to 100 at a time, three families. And before they can settle, they've got to arrange themselves, all of themselves. They're swirling around and about, and each little blob on the horizon is actually a family gathering and swirling. This is what I wish I was over there, but then again, they wouldn't be settling if I was over there. They're just on the other side of a ridge from me. I'm one side of the river air, and they're the other. At the top of the bank, it levels out and there's a, a flooded area which is, is an own place and every year there seems to be more geese and some swans that gather there and now they stay all winter. It used to be just a few but now there's maybe one, two, there's probably about 400 in the sky at the moment. There's more coming in. I can see more lifting up from the just above the hedgerow and swirling about. It's an incredible sight. Strings upon string. And they form into V's, W's, M's, N's, all the letters you can think of. Circling O's. Calling, crying. Reaching round, talking to each other. And then back in again. I don't know who's the head. I'm not a goose, so I never will. It's a huge stretch of them. It's no wonder Pirate Jacobs wanted to include them in her poems, and so many people find them incredibly evocative. They stir something inside us, this part of us that wants to still walk the land, who knows that when the seasons come, it's time to shift, move on. Well, the travellers always did. And deep inside, every human being is a nomadic spirit. It's what we once were. Just a little bit itches to go. And the geese, they know about being nomadic. They move with the seasons. So this is their winter resting place. These grey lags. And now they're even a bit further from my sight. So I'm going to tuck into the wood and see if I can work out where they're going. I've got the dogs with me, so there's no point trying to go up there because there's no way we'd be unnoticed. They're flying quite high, maybe a hundred foot up, and then dropping and lifting and dropping. Who knows what's on the ground? That's disturbing. Or is this a daily ritual? And all of them have moved quite a long way, maybe 300 yards away now. But they'll still need to come back into the same site. Once it gets dark, you can often hear them calling from the roost. I can hear them from the house. 
about half a mile, mile distant, maybe a mile distant. That's quite a loud set of birds. Now they're hanging in the air above a, a line of ash trees. Moving and swirling, lifting and dipping, forming. And maybe that's where they're going. It's gone quite quiet. The winter geese roost above the big fire duct. with the river air. It's just a few ducks now. Settling down for their roost underneath the, bro- the bridge at Gagath. Once upon a time, this was a land of small castles and mills. Flood plains that were good grazing for horned cattle thick woods. Come the miners. People moved in around the land. The land was dark and reshaped. Left a little poorer. And the people left behind having to find new employ as the transient income of spoil taking from the earth until it can give no more and then it's finished and the people like the geese should move on but people are more stuck and they don't want to move and when they've been here for six generations they don't know how to move anymore so we see a few new faces coming and going but many of the families in this village have been here for a hundred years, 150 years protecting each other keeping close there's some more geese coming in another 50 odd and there's been times of hunger and there was a strike and that was a time when many of these trees around here were cut. There's a lot of stumps and trees that have regrown from stumps where people had to take whatever they could to keep themselves warm and dug coal from the river banks even though these things collapsed. When I arrived here I was shown the river seams and it wasn't so long then. Someone's out shooting point it wasn't so long since the strike and the memory was raw and family was fighting family and those who went back, the scabs as they were known were still getting their doors smashed in, people weren't speaking to them, very sad even when they were good people, it's taken a lot of time to heal, another 25 years but it's a good community and it holds steady and the people look after their own. And if anyone comes in and they're willing to work, then they're looked after too.
And I know because I've been here 25 years. When my son was born, people were quickly round with presents and offers or advice, babysitting, kindnesses, uncalled for, unasked for, and so welcome. Such open hearts and good traditions. Kind hearts. They don't need to move. They'll always be welcome. If you can hear the geese coming in now. Many more. They'll be coming in for another two hours and settling and resettling themselves. It's a long process. And the wood is quiet, resting in the winter. The holly, bright. It's defrosted really today, which is rather good. It feels nice and it feels spring like. You can see the young garlic shoots coming up. Things are early again this year. And after the nip and tuck of the frost that holds us tight in its icy grip and makes us forget to breathe as we tense against the falls that we expect and the slippery surface. As everything melts and relaxes and the ground can release in our drive it's been puckered up in the air and the paving stones lodged against the gate so it's hard to open the gate and the trees experience the same with heave and drop and there's been two trees down here just the heave of the thaw And some trees fall to make new life for the beetles and the fungi. That's how it is. We come and we go. We ebb, we flow, breathe in, release, breathe out. <laughs> 